0: Let's turn with me to Luke 23, Luke 23, and I'm going to read 23 and verse 32 and 33. But the crowd shouted louder and louder for Jesus' death, and their voices prevailed. In, In verse 33 it says, Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with Jesus. Finally, they came to the place called the skull. All three were crucified there, Jesus on the center cross, and the two other criminals on either side. I think it's interesting that we, we just bring our thoughts around this morning, the old rugged cross. Now, this is probably the most unspiritual illustration I've ever used, but uh, it'll fit later on in, in a moment. But it's years ago, cigarette companies would put cards in there, and I'm not promoting cigarettes, but cigarette cards would put in their cigarette packs of cigarettes for the purpose of protecting the cigarettes by, the, by stiffening the pack. These became known as cigarette cards. The series of these cards consisted of famous actors and sports players, Indian chiefs, and historical places. These cards were discontinued during World War II to save paper. Today, they're collector's items. An example of these cigarette cards was a series put out called Famous Crosses by Stephen Mitchell and Sun Tobacco Company of Glasgow, Scotland, England. The series consisted of 25 famous crosses throughout Great Britain and Ireland, such as the Edinburgh Cross, the Aberdeen Cross, the Banbury Cross, and it's C-H-A-R-I-N-G, Charing or Caring Cross. When I think of famous crosses, I don't know about you, but the one that comes across to my mind is Calvary's Cross, the old rugged cross. It is without the question the most famous cross, I believe, of history. It is one of the crosses that supersedes all the other crosses. The other famous crosses may have been more elaborate. They may have been made of wood or precious marble or or stone. But the old rugged cross of Calvary is the most famous, I believe, and endeared cross of all. The old hymn that says, On a hill far away stood the old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. You see, the agonies of the cross was so extreme that I believe you and I cannot understand the uttermost part and torment possible that took place to the two men and our Savior, Jesus Christ. At age 33, Jesus was condemned to die the death penalty of criminals. It was of the crucifixion, the worst debt to humans that could be portrayed on their lives. You see, each nail back then was somewhat around 6 to 8 inches long. The nails were driven into the not into the palm but into the wrist of your hand. The tendons in the wrist, and the guards knew this, were, they ran from the wrist up to the shoulder. When the Roman guards nailed and hammered, they would, their tear sent pain strictly straight up to the brain. And uh, the forcing of, it would force Jesus in this pain to use his back muscles to support himself so that he could breathe. Both his feet were nailed together, thus it forced him to support himself on a single nail that impaled his feet to the cross. Jesus could not support himself with his legs for long because of the pain, so it forced him to alternate between arching his back and using his legs to continue to breathe. Imagine now the struggle that Jesus went through. Over three hours did he go through this struggle on the cross. When we think about that, the Bible tells us that Jesus was whipped. And I don't know if how many of you saw the movie The Passion. But when it got down to where they were whipping Jesus and putting him on the cross, I couldn't take it. As a matter of fact, I had to close my eyes. And, 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 and it just, I, I began to weep and cry at what Jesus did for me. They beat him horrifically. His face was torn and his beard was ripped from his face. And the crown of thorns, two or three inches length of, uh, of thorns, pushed deeply into his scalp. Most men would have not survived the suffering that Jesus went through for you and I. Luke twenty-three thirty-three says, And when they come to the place which is called Calvary, then they crucified Jesus between two thieves. Now Calvary is a special word and it ought to mean dear things to us. While it's true that at the face of, or the beneath the cross there was great agony and great suffering that went on, there was also a specialness that took place at Calvary's brow. Years I spent in vanity and pride carry not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was he, for me he died on Calvary. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary for you and me. What a precious word. What a beloved word. What a cherished word. Oh, that the old rugged cross was so despised by the world. Has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left His glory from above to bear it to dark Calvary. Matthew 27, tells us, And when they were coming to the place called Golgotha, there is to say a place of the skull. The place of the skull was something ugly, but what took place at the cross of Jesus was not ugly. What took place at the cross of Jesus was supernatural. How that in the mind of God from the very foundation of the earth, He had a plan for you and me. And that plan was that we would be redeemed through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus was a person who loved us very much. And when he went to the cross, definitely it was a time of crucifixion. It was definitely a time of cruelty, but it was also a time of crisis. Y'all know what a crisis is all about, correct? You know what it is to have things going on in your life that, that it pushes you to the limits. It pushes you to a point in time where it focuses your mind off yourself, possibly, and on to your faith in Christ. You see, Jesus foretold a bigger picture, but nobody was listening. Nobody could hear what he was really saying about the plan that God had beyond the cross. Don't forget what was all going around when Jesus died on the cross. The disciples had feared for their lives, and they took flight, and they were running. Peter denied Jesus three times that he even knew who he was. Mary was seeing her son being tormented and put to death right before her very eyes. John and James, the half-brother of Jesus, was also bearing into this suffering, bearing into this pain of watching Jesus put, to the, put on the cross and put to death. It was the standbyers who looked and saw Jesus and said, You know what? This man didn't do anything wrong. All he did was preach the truth, but yet he's being crucified. It was Judas who's having overwhelming feelings of guilt and shame because he sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. When Jesus was on the cross, he felt, felt overwhelming separation in his mo- and emotions for not only the Father, but for humanity in itself. From those mo- mo- emotions, we hear prompted the prayer Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass by me which produced also the earnest prayer where it produced, the Bible says, sweat drops of blood which fell from his brow. Jesus felt forsaken by the Father. He became sin for all of us who were sinners. When Jesus thirsted the greatest plea of humanity that they could have done was give him water, but instead on a stick they gave him what is called hyssop, which was nothing but bitter, bitter, raw type vinegar. When Jesus died, the earth shook, the Bible tells us, and there was a massive earthquake. Now, I argue this point, which I'm not a... Uh, I, I know that the, the movie Resurrection has went off the deep end. I don't believe they even know which way they're going to come back with this thing. But there's one thing about the resurrection that's true. When Jesus died, the Bible says that graves opened up and people were showing up everywhere that had been dead and now their loved ones was alive. Well, what does that say to you and me? One day, oh Longwood, that we've had to place a lot of our loved ones over there. The Bible says that Jesus is coming back and he's going to open up those graves and they're going to spit forth those who are died and now with Jesus and there's going to be a great resurrection. Yes, the resurrection of Jesus is the most important of all in many cases, but there would be no resurrection if Jesus hadn't died on the cross and shed his blood for you so that you could be redeemed, you could be set free from all of the hell that would uh, come our way if we died eternally without Jesus. Man, that's, 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 a, that's a revival that's going to take place at Lawnwood, and many of us will see our loved ones come out. 1 Peter two twenty four tells us who has. Who own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed jesus didn't come to harm us he didn't come to to hurt us he came to help us he came to heal us and by his very pain and suffering and stripes you and I have received a spiritual healing. Jesus personally carried away our sins in his own body on the cross, so we could be dead to sin and live for what is right. And you and I have been healed by his wounds. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5:21 that God made Jesus who never sinned to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Jesus Christ. It was Paul in nine, Hebrews 9:12 9, that said, one and f- Once and for all time, Jesus took his own blood, not the blood of goats, not the blood of calves. And he took his own blood and he secured our salvation forever and ever and ever for all eternity. And we ought to give him praise and glory and honor because of what he did on the old rugged cross. Yes, Jesus, according to John 3, gave because of the old rugged cross an expression of his love for God's so love of the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. According to John 10, the old rugged cross means an experience of life that. Jesus' purpose for coming was not just because of your sin. He had to do something first, and that was to obey the Father. The only way that He could be the substitute in the redemption for our sin is that He obeyed the Father and that He died with all of the sin, every sin you would ever commit, on His shoulders. He covered that sin in the blood. And then Galatians 5 tells us that the cross meant an enlightenment of liberty, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Jesus has made us free, and and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage, which was the bondage of the law. There was a young little girl who realized as she grew older that her mama's hands were hideous looking. They were disfigured, and as she grew older, her hands became an embarrassment. When she would come and pick her child up from school, it got to the point where her daughter would say, Mama, you just stay in the car. I'll come out to see you. And then finally one day, the little girl said, Mama, I need to know. What happened to your hands? She said, Honey, I was glad glad that you would get to the point, and I knew you would, that you'd get to the point in your own life, you'd get to the point in your own age where you would want to know why my hands look so bad. One day, sweetheart, you were in the house and you were in your little bassinet and I went out to hang clothes on the line. When I turned around, the house was engulfed in fire. And immediately I ran into the house and I grabbed you up to save your life. But when I did, my hands were badly burned to the point that I know they look bad and they may even embarrass you. But I had to save your life. All of a sudden, with tears running down her face, she grabbed her mama's hands. And she began to kiss them and say, oh, mommy, I never knew. Mommy, these are the most beautiful hands that I've ever seen in my entire life. You see, Jesus one day approached Thomas because Thomas wouldn't believe. And he held his hands out and he said, Thomas, for your disbelief, here are the hands That I hung on the cross. Here are the feet that were nailed for your sins. Here is the scar on the side of me. Just so you could believe and have eternal life. Oh, how you and I, like the songwriter says, So I shall cherish the old rugged cross. Why do we cherish it? Because that's where Jesus went through all of the suffering and everything that it took for you and I to be able to come to Him and receive Him and to be eternally cleansed and saved. Luke twenty three thirty nine through forty two says, and one of the malefactors which were hung railed on Him, If thou be the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other said and rebuked him, Do you not feel go- or fear God, seeing that this man has no condemnation? And yet, we received due what's rewar- our rewards because we were thieves. But this man has done nothing. And yet, this man is dying for us. The universal symbol of Christian faith is the cross. The old rugged cross. While it's true the empty tomb may be the foundation of Christianity, the cross is the focus of Christianity. When we think of the place called Calvary, we think of a hill far away. All of us can picture that, envision that in our minds. But all too often we forget that that day was not just one cross. There were three. The first cross I want us to think about was the cross of redemption. Someone has observed that Jesus did not die in a cathedral between two candles. He died on a cross between two criminals. Three men died on the cross that day. One was a benefactor. One was a blasphemer. One was a believer. One was the Savior, and one was a sinner, and one was a saint. One man died for sin, one man died in his sin, and one man died too now the fact that the Holy Spirit died between these hopeless sinners was not an accident according to the book of Isaiah chapter 53 it was a divine appointment you see the Bible tells us that this fulfillment of prophecy for Isaiah took place 750 years prior to the Messiah coming here's what he said and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors Before this world was ever created, God made an appointment in the calendar for the Savior to meet these sinners, for these sinners to meet the Savior. See, you and I, when we see these two men, they died that day, but one man died on the wrong side of Jesus, but one man died on the right side of Jesus. Let me ask you, what side are you now dying? Don't tell me you're not dying. We've done put too many people in the grave. You may be walking and breathing and living, but you are dying whether you like it or not. Which side of the cross are you on? You see, in the middle hung a man who died with sin on him, but not in him. On the one hand, there was the cross upon which hangs a man who died with sin in him and sin upon him. But on the other hand, there died a thief who has sin in him, but not upon him, for his sin was placed on Jesus. If you're saved today, understand that your sin has been placed on the Savior. And you're now covered in the blood eternally forever. You see, the cross divides everyone in this auditorium this morning. At the cross, there was that person who died for Jesus. But then in the, and then there was the one who died for us. But then there was the one who rejected Jesus Christ. You know, there may be somebody walked in here today and you just hadn't actually rejected him. You just never received him. But if you've never received him as Lord and Savior, understand you have rejected him. You know, the, the, the most difficult verse for me is found in Ephesians 2 where it teaches that if I'm not a child of God, I'm a child of Satan. Now, some of you go, well, that's just not fair. I didn't have a choice in the matter. Well, it don't matter. That's just the fact. That's what the Bible says. We're either standing with Jesus or against him. My question is today, how do you stand? You see, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin left a crimson stain. He washed us white as snow. Yes, Jesus paid it all. Jesus bought our salvation. He brought us back. He redeemed us. He purchased us back from the enemy, from the father of Satan. Did he bring us back to himself? And it all took place, the battle on the cross. Well, there was a cross of redemption, but there's also the cross of reception. You see, the scripture says that this man did not deserved to die or, or deserved to be saved, here was a man who came to the very end of his life. He'd never repented of his sins. He'd never given his life to Jesus. He wasn't a member, probably, of any church. He lived a life of rebellion against God, and yet the love of Jesus was so great that no matter what this man had done in his sin, he, had, he, was, he was immediately, upon the death of Jesus, cleansed and forgiven. You see, it didn't. there's some of you, you, you walk in here today and you say, you know what, I've done this bad thing and, and I've done this and, and I just don't believe Jesus could forgive me. I got news for you. It don't matter what you believe. Jesus could forgive you. You see, the blood covers all of us. Immediately upon Jesus' death, he went to be with Jesus. You see, there are those who believe, well, I can only be saved if I, if I carry a wooden cross. Or I can only be saved if I cut my hair. Or I can only be saved if I, if I wear a suit. Or if I, I can only be saved if I say the right thing. Well, the only problem is this man was forgiven, cleansed, went to heaven to be with Jesus. But he never had a chance to do any good works. He was nailed to a cross. He couldn't join the church. He couldn't be baptized. He couldn't even give an offering. He couldn't live a righteous life. His last few minutes on this earth were bleeding out from as his blood left his body and left his body lifeless until he slipped into eternity and there Jesus met him on the other side. The Bible says Jesus met him in paradise. You see, the Bible says we're not saved by what we've done. We're saved by what Jesus done, by what he did. That's where salvation comes. On the cross. You see, there was a man who went, died and went to heaven, and then there was a man on one side that died and went to hell. What was the difference? It was Jesus in the middle that made the difference. Well, some of you say, well, I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't pray the little prayer that I pray with people, and you don't say it just right the way I say it, you can't be saved. Boy, you're a dummy. Who'd you buy into in evangelism? Notice Jesus' evangelistic appeal. The man said this simple statement. Jesus, remember me when you come into my kingdom. What did Jesus say? Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Boy, we just try to put all these demands on God, don't we? And God, we we just don't fit his mold sometimes. We think we've got a better plan. We've got it all figured out. We know, what it, we know what you're supposed to look like. No, you need to know what Jesus looks like. Because I can tell you within yourself, you have not a lot of righteousness unless it's in Jesus. What you carry around is a human tent and flesh. And I'll tell you what, you let that get out of control, and that does look ugly. But you let the righteousness of God prevail in you, and he'll take the most ugly and make it so beautiful. In us. That's the gospel. There was the cross of redemption. There was the cross of reception. And there was the cross of rejection. The thief on the cross, on the other hand, who rejected Christ, he did make an appeal. Look at verse 39. If you be the Christ, then come down from the cross and save yourself and us. You see, that man who did not accept Christ was not interested in being delivered from his depravity. He wanted to be delivered from his dilemma. Now, there are people through the years, they're not looking for or interested in a changed life. They're interested or or, or they talk about a changed life, but they're really not interested in living for Jesus. If you're not interested in living for the Lord, I dare say you're going to change much. For you see... When I get up and meet with Jesus, try to every day. I've been reading through the book of Psalms the last few months, and I started in 141 and 142 this morning. And the Holy Spirit just begins to speak to me about my old wretchedness on the inside, and you know what? The Holy Spirit allows me to get victory over those things, not in my flesh, but in my faith. Of who he is. I don't know why it is, but so many of us are looking for a Savior to get us out of our trouble. Rather than bringing us to triumph at the foot of the cross. Because, listen, Jesus showed you one thing. He said, you follow me? If you follow me, you're going to have days of trouble. You follow me? They criticized they crucified, they spoke u- ugly of me, they'll speak the same of you. If the world is speaking great of you and high on you, you better watch out. You've fallen the wrong individual. You see, our, our goal is just to please Jesus. Our goal is to follow Jesus. And sometimes in following him, we find ourselves out step out of step with a crowd that we're in. So we need to be careful. This man was only interested in a rescue, not redemption. Three crosses on Calvary's hill surrounded by a mob. Two crosses bore bore two dying thieves and one the Lamb of God. Two crosses bore two dying thieves who justly suffered shame. The one cross bore God's sacrifice, the Lamb, for sinners slain. One thief received the dying Lamb and repented of his sin. The other thief refused to hear and he didn't enter in. And by the way, he never will and he never can. I hear a lot of people say, well, I believe in purgatory. Well, believe it if you want. It's not taught in the Scripture. And I believe if you really want to study exactly what takes place with someone who dies, is ask this thief who died on the cross. And immediately the Bible says when he was absent from the cross in his body, he, he showed up where Jesus was. But on the other hand, ask the rich man or the rich young ruler where he or the rich man where he ended up when he died and he rejected Jesus. He ended up immediately in hell. Now, I don't know where that in between is, but I can't find it in the word of God. One little boy decided that he was going to outsmart the oldest and the wisest man in the village that he lived. So he went next door and he decided he was going to put a little bird in his hand and cup it. And he was going to ask this old wise man, is this bird alive or is this bird dead? When he approached the old man, he looked at the old man and he said, Sir, I understand you're the wisest man in all the village. The bird that I have in my hand, is it alive or is it dead? Now the little boy knew that he was going to win no matter what. If the man said that the bird was dead, he was just going to crush it, kill it in his hand. But if he are alive, or vice versa, I'm confused now. (laughs) Anyway, if the little boy said, if the bird is alive, he's just going to open it up, and there it be. But the man looked at that little boy with that bird, and he said, you know what? Regardless, little fella, the choice of whether that bird is alive or dead is up to you. You see, when it comes to eternity, the decision or the place you end up eternally is all Jesus done everything He could. Not one sin did he did not cover, not one sin has he not forgiven. We're all free from every bondage of shackle in Jesus as long as we walk in Jesus. Now, you walk in yourself, and you're going to be tied all up with this world. But Jesus, when you stand in your eternal destiny, you're going to find out that Jesus made the decision before the creation of man, that the Father made the decision before the creation of man, and I think it's either First or Second Peter says, it's my will that all men be saved. But in this house, some of you ain't going to make it. And it won't be because you think you can determine it all. It's going to be because the choice you made was not the cross of redemption. It wasn't the cross of repentance. You can't do it your way. You can't live good enough to get there even if you started today until you died. Without the blood covering your sin and mine, we would be eternally lost forever. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed,